Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Raw, The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over 18s only as it may contain adult content and explicit language. So this week I'm delighted to be joined by former world champion Darren Barker. I didn't have to give you any money to come on this pod. It's amazing. No, no. I'm quite accessible when I'm at these shows. I've got nothing else to do. So, yeah, you got off scot-free. No worries. I'll buy you dinner. Uh, first of all, how are you in life in general? Good? Yeah. Kids good? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good, mate. I'm very lucky. I've uh, got two of the kids here. You've just seen them, I think. Yeah, you have just seen them. I've got four kids. I'm uh, not getting punched in the face anymore. I've sat ringside, living the dream. So, uh, yeah, I'm counting my blessings. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, I wanted to speak to you and get you on this podcast because the people that we had so far, we, I've not had the, the perspective of life um, from a person that's not an active fighter anymore or isn't your activeness in boxing is now kind of around the, the punditry and the, the commentary, etc. So it's interesting to for someone who's out the game in that way. You are retired. Make sure you are retired. Absolutely, yeah. Because I know you've teased in the past <laughs> for a few <laughs> clickbait headlines. No, you have. No, no, yeah, people started forgetting who I was. People actually didn't know who I was. So. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm definitely retired, yeah. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. Um, okay, I'm going to start you in really easy. What, what were your like first ever memories of boxing as a whole? Uh, my dad uh, straight away the first thing that comes to mind is my dad won the ABAs in 1980 and the ABA trophy then was a was beautiful big cup 
big silver cup. And um, if it wasn't for my mum, my dad wouldn't have had it out. My dad's so modest, um, completely opposite to me. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was in a cabinet. Well, back then it wasn't. It was on the shelf. And uh, my mum used to polish it and always keep it silver because um, it goes this horrible sort of colour if you don't clean it. So my mum, bless her, she always clean it. And that was my only memories. And then it was my dad being on his knees and sparring with my dad. And since that moment, probably it must have been, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. I just, I wanted to make my dad proud. And I felt the way to do that was to box. And and, and that's my earliest memories, really, just sparring with my dad in the kitchen and, and that ABA trophy. It's really sad because my nan and granddad's house got burgled when I was really young. And the prick who, who burgled the house nicked all the old tapes with my dad. So I've only ever seen my dad box one, but there, uh, once when he won the ABAs. But there was loads out there, but some prick nicked them all. So that's, yeah, I'm gutted about that. That prick's watching the, the Raw, the Fight Within podcast. Give av- back. A- available on uh, all platforms. <laughs> Um, yeah, give, fucking give him back, give him basically. Back. Yeah, yeah, give him back. We'll watch him. Um, do you remember the first fight you ever went to? Like, whether amateur or pro, do you remember the first fight of note that you went to? I do. I do. And uh, so I'm from a family of sort of jibbers and blaggers. And uh, we used to bunk in. It used to be my dad, my uncle and my granddad. And my brother used to come as well now and again. Uh, Lee, <coughs> the one younger than me. Uh, yeah, just younger than me. And uh, we used to bunk into all the shows. And the first one I remember going to was, um, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Nigel Ben versus Nicky Piper at the Alley Pally. Uh, bunked in. Uh, it was so funny. Like my granddad, like all the, the, the scheming. I used to love it. I used to love, uh, they used to go, Dad, go on, you run in and we'll run in after you and things like that. Or my granddad would get a score and put it through the gap of the fire exit and hope that someone would open the fire. Like, it was brilliant. It was just such a buzz to me. And yeah, I, I, honestly, I fell in love with, with boxing. I really did. Do you know, it's funny you, you mentioned that because Janaid Boston was talking today about when he was he going did. with Kel Brook about sneaking into ringside and all that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, but I suppose, I'm not saying it's acceptable. We're not condoning this kind of behaviour, but listen, I suppose everyone's done it at some point. Kind of, yeah. you know. Look, we, we didn't have no money to buy tickets. Do you know what I mean? Or anything like that. And, like obviously been at the Repton as well. The 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 King Blaggers. Like everyone's black, you know, jibbing in, you know, with you know, your call. I I've not maybe I shouldn't say, yeah, I've never ever paid to go to a show in your call. Anyway, you go around to Swim Paul for a change room, bang, and you get see? That's free, I'll give you that one for free. Uh so yeah, we're not condoning it, but it was just what you did back then and I just I loved it. What what was the first fighter that you kind of say kind of fell in love with but you took notice of? There's always one for everyone that kind of almost got them into the sport. Who was that for you? Mike Tyson's quite easy that was. Um I was just in awe of his and you gotta remember at the time, so I started year seven, what year eleven, twelve in nineteen ninety three. So Tyson had already happened, so I'm watching old fights of him, but I was just in awe of this person who scared the shit out of everybody. He scared me. I, I used to just imagine myself having to fight him, being a heavyweight fight. I'd be like, like, no way. Just what 
I was in awe, like not in awe, I was in awe of him, but I was in, I was amazed by his upbringing and where he was from and how hard he was. And he, that, if I'm all, in all honesty, I always looked at him as someone that you had to be like to be a world champion. You had to be fearless. You had to be brave, courageous. You had to, you know, I, I didn't really delve too much into the psychological side of things of trying to scare my opponents, but I always felt that you had to have that presence. You had to have that self-belief and he certainly was someone that I, I I wouldn't say I looked up to but I watched and thought wow I uh, I want to be able to compete the way he did. Do you know what funny you should mention that because even today we're seeing it on kind of the, all these viral videos that go on about Mike Tyson at whatever age yeah. he's at. I remember like about three years ago he was walking down the corridor after a fight I can't remember which one it was I think it was one of Tyson Fury's fights with Wilder and he was coming, and in my head, like one part of me was going, try and get an interview with him, just asking for a reaction. But I know what he's like in the kind of situations. And then the other one is telling me, just just get a photograph. Yeah. So I decided just to go up to him and just say, Mike, can I get a quick picture of you? And he thought about it for four seconds. But you know them four seconds without the fucking longest four seconds ever. And I was like, have I offended this man? Have I offended this man? And he was like, come here. Like, I'm not impersonating you, Mike, by the way if you're watching this podcast, but then got the photo, but I was glad because then four seconds told me that he wasn't, he wasn't going to do an interview. I just knew. You know. But I, I've, uh, I've got a funny story as well uh, about Tyson. When he was in London uh, fighting Julius Francis, my dad said to me, um, he's standing on Park Lane, the Grosvenor House. He's going to be running around Hyde Park. If we get outside the entrance, we might catch him going for a run. We might be, you know, meet Mike Tyson. So we got up like silly o'clock in the morning, about six o'clock or something, and headed down to Park Lane. <coughs> and then when we got there, someone come out. It weren't the crocodile, you know, that yeah, old yeah, sweet. Yeah, it weren't yeah. him, who we ended up meeting him later on in the day. Um, but he said, oh, if you're here for Mike Tyson, you've missed him. He's been and gone. He's back. Uh, but if you come back at such and such time, I think about lunchtime, they've been picking a few people out of the crowd to go and watch him train. So we went home, come back up, Crocodile comes out and he picks a few of us out. He picks me, my brother, my two brothers and my mate. They wouldn't let my dad in. So my dad waited outside. He goes, go on, you go in. So we, we went into one of the conference rooms where they set up this gym in the Grosvenor House and that crocodile saying, when you go in there, don't talk to Mike till after. Don't take any photographs. Don't do this, don't do that. Like he was a, a caged animal. Like, don't do this, don't do that. So when we got into the, the conference room, they lined up loads of chairs right by the ring. So all of a sudden, Mike Tyson bowls in. And I'm like, this is my idol. You know, this is the person that I'm, I can't stop watching. I, you know, I'm kind of in awe of. So I've gone straight over to him. I've gone to my brother. Quick, come here. So he's walked past me, Mike Tyson. And I've gone, Mike, Mike, can I have a photo? Can I have a photo? And he went, he pushed me, he went, sit down. And I just sat into, I fell into the chair. Right, the the funniest thing is, right, we've absolutely shat ourselves then, right? My, my brother, I've been pushed by Mike Tyson. He just sat me down. So at the end of the, the session, we got to watch him spar, and that was mental, by the way, because he chinned the geezer when the, 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 the end of the round sounded. The blokes, it was the last round, the blokes turned round, and Tyson's gone back over him, gone, bosh, like chinned him, his legs went. So I've gone over to Mike at the end, and he, they said, come over, come over. I went, can I have a photograph? And it was them old uh, disposable cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother, because he was so scared of setting him off, took the flash off. 
And because it was dark in there, you couldn't see us. You could not see it. It's just a blank. It's just a blank. What a fail. What a fail, yeah. But, you know, I'd met him, but I haven't got the photo. So, yeah, it was incredible. But if anything, that made me like him more. I was like, he's like that in real life. You know what I mean? How minute is it, though? Your brother's that scared of Mike Tyson where you don't, he, he don't want to anger him with a flash of a disposable camera. It's mental. Took the flash off, yeah. But, yeah, that was my, my meeting with Tyson. Right, a uh, bit of a fantasy question. Needs a little bit of thought. Um, so, if I was to say, <coughs> Darren Barker's Fight Club. So, again, every week, I just make up the rules for this. So, imagine you in a tag team of five on five in the ring, right? Who do you pick, Darren Barker, alongside four others for the ring? To, to fight. To fight. They don't have past, to be... Past, present. Doesn't matter, past, present, boxers. They ain't got to be boxers, actually. They could be in a different sport. They could be f- whoever, fantasy characters. It doesn't matter. In the ring rules, though. In the ring rules. Queensbury rules. Yes. Okay, but then I'll stick with boxers. I'll go... I'll go Mike Tyson, yeah. first off. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, you've got to go heavyweights, really. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, like, imagine having little Anoue buzzing around the ring, just sparking people. Yeah. All right, I want to go Anoue. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go just... Uh, do you know what I'm going to go? Roberto Duran, hands of stone. I'm going to stick him in because he's an art, right art bastard, isn't he? Um, do I even have to be in this? Can I just yeah, no, you have to <laughs> definitely be in it. <laughs> All right, two more. Um, one more, one more. Oh, I'm one of the five. I'm one of the five. Oh, one more. Um, do you know, I, would, I was going to go with Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest of all time, just because I'd love to have, have met him and you know have him there. But how confident and secure would you feel having Vitaly Klitschko next year? All right. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, I think they're four... Beasts. Okay, so you, Vitaly Klitschko, Mike Tyson, so Inoue. It Go on. It would be me at the back. I'd have Tyson and Vitaly you Klitschko. You bag. Me at the back. Uh, Vitaly and Tyson uh, in front of me, right, as my backup. And then Inoue just buzzing around, sparking everyone. Where's Duran? Oh, Duran's up top as well. He's up top with Inoue just chinning people, yeah. Love it. Right, okay, the, the flip to this now. Same concept, but on the street. So street rules apply. No weapons or anything like that. And by the way, we're not promoting street violence. It's just a fantasy question. Okay. But for street rules, okay. who goes on a street team? Mike Tyson, again. <laughs> yeah. Mike Tyson straight in there. F- f- uh, four, yeah? yeah. I'm going to put... Um, uh, like Someone like uh, Jules St. Pierre or someone yeah, like okay. some nutter who's just going to get you in a yeah. like turn you into a pretzel uh, again <laughs> oh no 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 I was going to go for Tali Klitschko again but I won't um, uh, I've got a couple of mates who could probably get into this uh, maybe the big show I mean you're not budging him you're not You're not. but imagine if he chins you he gets four yeah, weightings yeah, at the big no, show um, and Eddie Hearn <laughs> just what the fuck would you just, put Hearn in there for in a street fight just to see how he approaches it <laughs> and I'd put him in front of me as well <laughs> go on then oh that's brilliant 
Because like I was, Fabio Wardley like put Kimbo Slice in there, Ooh. and I think he put Bruce Lee in there as well. That's a good Bruce Lee's yeah. a good, and yeah, I mean they're two ledge picks. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, but Eddie Hearn's probably the best comment I've had from there, just to see what he would do, basically. Okay, um, if have you ever thought about this? This is a better way of asking this question, to be honest. If you weren't in boxing as an industry, which means you wouldn't have been a fighter and kind of, I know your family's been kind of centred around boxing uh, throughout the whole of the, the Barker life, but if you wasn't doing boxing, do you ever think about what you could be doing or what you may have been doing? I think, it, like, I would have been in the trades, probably. My dad's a decorator, my granddad was a builder, my, my, my uncle's a builder, plasterer, um, my, my brother-in-law is a, is a sparky, my, my brother... He's a gardener, a jack of all trades, actually can do anything. So probably I would have done something like that. Um I I don't I don't have the the brains to have been a pilot or anything like that. But it is an odd question because it has been my life for so long. But I'd like to think, though I may not be the the the, the brightest out there, I'm I'm very hard working. So I think I would have excelled in some sort of manual labour. What I think Tony Sims will always, you know, I think he'll back me up. I was, you know, I trained my nuts off. Uh, probably why I suffered with so many injuries later on in my career, because I really did leave it, you know, I, I really worked hard. Um, you know, though I might not be, ever be able to fly a plane, you put 10,000 bricks over there and say, you've got to move them over there, I'll move them. And I'll probably beat everyone at it. Um, that was the mindset I had, you know, I was, really competitive with myself. I drove myself mad. That's why I, I never understood people. I'm going off on one a little bit here. Sure. I never understood why, you know, I, I enjoy boxing. I, I love boxing, but I never enjoyed training. And I always felt to myself, they can't have the same mentality as me. They can't because there's no way you could enjoy what I was doing. I enjoyed boxing. I enjoyed the buzz. I enjoyed fighting. But training, if you had my mentality that you you got to train... You got, you know, you got the mentality that your opponent is training harder than you. You've got to train harder than them. If you think like that, you can never train hard enough. And yeah, you know, I was, I used to, you know, I, I think I commit to anything I do. Um, so yeah, I probably would have got stuck into some sort of manual labour. I think that that's sort of what my family know. It's mad because when I look at you now, and I think manual labour because you look like someone that wouldn't be too keen on doing manual labour but you're talking about maybe I don't know if you're, you're thinking of a time period maybe 20 years ago I don't know yeah. or even longer yeah probably 20 years ago it was like Commonwealth Games uh, so it was in the balance you know didn't know if I would ever to turn professional or make any money out of boxing really so I probably was heading down that road which by the way I'm so proud of my family for how hard they work and what what they've done to provide for us and give us the life they have, you know. And I would have done the same for my kids. Do you, do you remember the the last time that you felt that you were losing, like a fighting battle, something that I don't know. You were you've obviously you've been a fighter all your life, not just in the ring in terms of like you as a person. But did you ever feel like you were kind of fighting like a a battle that you were losing? Yeah, numerous times. Um, oh, bless you. Someone sneezing. You hear that? Um, 
yeah, numerous times. Um, again, when my brother died, just struggling. It was the first time I lost anyone in my family, and to to now I've only lost my granddad recently. So it's I'm not good with no one. Nobody's good when they're grieving, but I just for the life of me couldn't understand how I was going to live without my brother. I just didn't, and that was a real uphill battle for me. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to? How am I going to do this? How am my family going to? How what are we going to do? Um, so that was one. And boxing itself, funnily, uh, funnily enough, um, with the injuries that I was going through, the mental battles that I was going through with the grief, um, would I ever get there? Would would I do it? And my my life become dedicated to winning every title I could for my brother. That's why I'd done this. You know, there was a love-hate relationship with boxing. I, I, I boxed with my brother and I couldn't do it with him anymore. So I decided to do it for him and it become very, very hard. And at times, the question that you said, did you ever feel like you was losing up your battle? I did, because I was falling to pieces because of the, the, the way I trained, um, what I'd done to my body. And I just felt, am I ever going to get here? Physically and me mentally, I'm broken. But... Thankfully, I did. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What 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 causes do you, do you believe are worth fighting for? Like, everyone's always got something, whether it's something they've been through or someone else has been through, um, that you believe... The Darren Barker believe are worth fighting for. Like a lot of people, do you know? In all fairness, Cook, I think I don't think it matters what your reason is yeah. to 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 want to fight. I think sometimes money isn't enough. It wasn't my driving force. Um, I think pride and honour uh, are very valuable, and they're worth fighting for. But delving into boxing and what it means to somebody it doesn't really matter i think like i say if if even if money is your thing you know everyone's hungry for whatever it is success i you know before my brother passed away and i was dedicating everything to him i just love winning that's all i want to do i love i love that feeling of beating somebody and nothing filled that feeling like boxing, nothing, nothing come close. I could play football with my mates, which I love and I still do, but winning a game of football, even a serious game of football, does never compare to my first amateur fight or my second amateur fight. Like The feeling is unmatched, but whatever it is that makes you want to win, um, that's your thing. It doesn't matter, but I do see a lot of fighters out there who I think they, they, they think they're saying the right thing, but I don't know how much they want it. You've got to really want it in boxing. 
you've got uh you've got to want it so bad because the next man does the next person does the man in front of you does and if you can't match him for ambition work ethic and desire then you will come unstuck we've seen it time and time again what are the everyday battles for you now in life what do you pinpoint in your brain as like whether it's more mentally i suppose the, the questions aimed at for you as a retired fighter what are the everyday battles for you um get me going now um living without my brother and my granddad you know there will always it it life will never be as good without them um yeah it is it's going to be hard it's going to be hard you know it it really is um i w- i wish my kids knew them you know better you know my my the kids who I've got here, Scarlett and Charlie, they knew my granddad really well, but they didn't know my brother. I just, yeah, like, I've everyone does, but I really struggle with grief. Like, I just, I just want that that I want the people around me that I've always had around me. I the, the thought of losing people scares the life out of me, and that's going to be the the hardest thing for me moving forward. Is just living without. Um, these people that were invaluable to me. I, but I've got, I've, you know, I've got kids of my own now. I've got to hold it together. I've got to be there for them. Um, so important because my brother and my granddad would be, you know, mortified if they knew I wasn't fulfilling my potential. And by me fulfilling my potential means that everyone around me is going to be better off. So yeah, that, that's what's going to be hard. I know people talk about time being heat, like a healer, that, that kind of cliche saying, but it does seem with you that that doesn't really kind of apply that this will, until while you're on this earth, that this will always be something, like I said, I'm obviously aware of your brother and uh, you told us about your granddad here, but it feels like with what you're talking about, this kind of carries you while you're on this earth. Yep. Um, time's great. It's healer. It. You learn how to deal with it, is what I've found. But I think every day, sometimes it gets harder because um, they, you know, you, you time's passing and you start, you know, I can't even bring myself to say it, but, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's just hard. It's just hard, isn't it? It's hard. Um, but what are you going to do? we can do do you know what I mean you just gotta you gotta push on life is really hard life life is hard but it's so beautiful it's so it's so amazing when you strip back all the bullshit of all the fucking idiots out there ruining the world um, all the fucking assholes who are ruining stuff um, when you strip it all back and you get down to the basics what really matters in life it's so beautiful love um, your family just just I try my best to stay present every day and, and, and take in how wonderful the world can be because there is a lot of beauty in this world. But it's easy to get distracted by the fucking arseholes out there. Talk to me about a time that you felt that you were, you were fighting back tears 
and this isn't uh, this isn't applicable to this interview or yeah. before this. When when was the time that you felt that you were because as a, as a man yourself and a proud man, family man, a fighting man as well. Um, it's like showing your emotions sometimes. I've spoke to people on this podcast where it's quite deemed as weak, etc. And we're trying to get away from that stigma of yeah. that being deemed as that because it's what causes other problems. But for yourself, wh when did you kind of find yourself kind of fighting back tears? I'm fucking going to probably go here. But it was recently, it was at my granddad's funeral because I never... Um, I'll never, ever, ever forget my granddad saying to my dad um, when my brother died. My, my dad spoke at the funeral, and I'll never forget my dad, my granddad saying to me how proud he was of my dad for holding it together and speaking. So I, I wanted to um, talk at my granddad's funeral. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to make my, you know, I wanted to make my granddad proud. I wanted to make my dad proud. So I wanted to talk at the funeral, and it was a real. I wrote something down, um, and I was so nervous. I was so nervous because I didn't. I'm a very emotional person. I get, I, I do get upset. I've watched Armageddon thirteen times. I've cried thirteen times. Armageddon. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it was important to me that I got up in front of everybody and I held it together, and. Um, I kid you not, I, I, I got back and I sat down on the second row and I broke down, crying my eyes out. I was so proud of myself. I was so proud that I was able to do it. My granddad was everything to me, you know, everything to me. When you say your granddad, people think, oh, he's this old man. My granddad was still working. It come as a shock to us. He, he wasn't an old man, he was a young man. He, like, he was 17 when he married my nan. You know, he was, he was 17 when my dad was born, so they were young, you know, my, I was the eldest, my dad was the eldest, so, yeah, not to get, you know, it's probably supposed to be a bit of a fun podcast, you know, like, no, this is meant to be, this, this podcast that, is called know, The Fight Within, it's, me it's meant to be about you, as opposed, as the person, as opposed to the fighter, that the normal cliche things, I can predict the interviews you've done today already without you even telling me what you spoke about. Do you know what I mean? So this isn't the purpose of this. Yeah. The purpose of this was to talk to you as a person. Okay, well, look, yeah. <coughs> For me, recently, I, I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, I, I try, I'm not really proud of myself, really. I look back, I'm, you know, I'm proud that I was able to do what I'd done in boxing. Um, but that reigns up there. It's probably, other than being a parent, you know, having four amazing, beautiful kids that are my, they're my legacy, not boxing. But that moment where I was able to hold it together for my granddad means a lot to me. Do you know what? That's one of the best things I've ever heard you say, actually. And I know it's like a normal thing, but the, the fact that you said that, that comment you just made is that your kids are your legacy and not, not the boxing. That's... Oh, yeah. without a shadow of that. Like, family's for, 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 is first and foremost for all of the, the Barkers. Um, we're so close and I've always wanted to be a great dad like my granddad was, my dad was. So for me to be a dad, and I like to think I'm a, I'm a good dad, you know, I, you know, my life evolves around them. Um, so boxing is a, is a distant, is, I don't even know if a second, you know, being a dad is, you know, as you know yourself now, it's the, the greatest achievement. That's my legacy. That's, that's, that's my wealth. My wealth, yeah, the two kids, two doors down, and my two kids at home, they, you know, they are my, they're my wealth. 
Yeah, and I think uh, as much as, like I said, you said, obviously I only become a dad 18 months ago and it's something that people always talk about, kind of their kids. And I, I get the concept and I get it, but until you're actually, you have your own kids and you're kind of in that situation, it's very difficult. But it was for someone to, like yourself who's accomplished so much in the ring that loads of people don't accomplish in, in British boxing. But for you, just to just use that word legacy, but use that, uh, in relation to your kids, it was a nice thing. That's what I was making a point of. Thank you very much, and I mean it. You know that that is my legacy. Okay. Um, do you feel like every achievement you've you've had in your life, and again, it's not this isn't centered around boxing as much, but just everything you've achieved. Do you think everything has come with a fight? Is there anything you've done that hasn't come without a fight? Not really, not really everything, but that makes the winning, the success that much greater, putting in the work. Um, it's, it's, I was never, you know, my dad worked so hard. I mean, my, my, my dad was a hog carrier. He's a graft, isn't like Honestly, there's such, a, I'm so proud of my, my dad and my granddad. I, I hope they know how much I'm proud of them. They work so hard and they, they've given us everything they possibly could. And it's that process, that hardship that makes the the mini victories even that much better. And um, there's been a lot, you know, there's been a lot of um, hardship, I guess. But most of it, because my whole life has been boxing, it's very hard to answer that question and it not be boxing orientated. Yeah. My, my, pro, my pro career was such a slog. Um, so a lot of the hardship has been boxing orientated. Where does your fighting spirit as a person come from? Where does that stem from? Mm, my dad. Oh, actually, that, that's very harsh uh, to just single out my dad there. My mum as well. My mum is, uh, she's a closet, competitive person. You wouldn't really think if you see my mum, she's so lovely. She's the most wonderful person on the face of this earth, like your typical mum, she's amazing. She 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 puts herself second in every single situation. She's always there doing any everything for everybody else. But there's this bit of fire in her that she, you know she wants to be she wants to be the best. And my dad's the same. My dad is so competitive. So they both are. They're so competitive. You know, my dad doesn't want to lose at anything. He's he's the hardest working man I've ever met. They both are. And I get that from both of them. I am the luckiest man in the world to have such amazing parents that have instilled this twisted, fucked up mentality <laughs> into me. But without that fucked up, twisted mentality, I wouldn't have gone on to have done what I'd done because it's so easy to wave the white flag and say enough's enough. And there was plenty of times that I could have done that. But their DNA is in me and they kept me going. Fucking making me emotional now. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you feel that, or do you feel rather, that you've got demons to fight or you're fighting demons every day? Yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, but I try my best to 
Um, I wouldn't quite say embrace them. And a lot of mine uh, evolve around grief as well, you know, losing these invaluable people in my life. Uh, genuinely, I'm the happiest man in the world because I've, I've got everything I need uh, and have ever wanted. You know, my life's very, very good. But look, people go to the gym every single day to work out. This is the most important muscle or organ that needs to be worked on. And I try my best to... I read a book when my... Uh, yes, I read a book when my brother died. It's called... I was given to it by this absolute legend of a man called Bruce Lloyd who helped me an awful lot in helping me deal with grief. And there's a book called The Power of Now. It's about staying present. And I, there was there's a bit of a tool that I learned. And it's watching the thinker and I don't want to go too deep here but it's basically when you have these negative bad thoughts this repetition of you know this this cycle of uh, self-doubt or whatever it might be sort of step back in your own mind and watch the thinker and at that moment there's this 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 moment of clarity bliss and a real sense of uh, consciousness where you're in control. You're present. You're you're here. You're now, and um, it's a it's a tool that I have to fall back on now and again. But I just embrace the negative thoughts, and I I watch them and go about my day. Generally, you see me around here. I'm very rarely do I get in a bit of a downer, and I think I've learned a lot of self cope. You know, self talk. Well, not self talk. Self coping mechanisms yeah. like whatever they might be so uh, you know it's taken a lot of work and it's it's taken a lot of bad things to happen to me but I've got there in the end mate Darren you fight for your kids your family um, your mum your dad everyone people are Barnet I know you're like yeah. international now anyway <laughs> but you fight for everyone but who fights for you and I don't mean it in a boxing sense I mean like who's there for you behind you know when when you've gone through these moments and kind of some people like to be left on their own, like me, myself, when I'm going through something, I just want everyone to fucking leave me alone. But I know that if I had to, there are people that I can turn to that are in my corner in life. Who's I, that for I, you? I, I kid you not, mate. And I'm, I'm not just saying this to not leave anybody out, but I'm so lucky. I've got so many people I can call upon if I need to, and I've got so many people looking out for me, uh, and that stems right through my family, to my beautiful wife, um, uh, to my friends. Like, I'm so, so lucky. Um, they've all got my back. They all look out for me. You know, my dad, my family, why these losses in my family have been so significant and so hurtful is because we've, we're, we're, we worry, we, we're there for each other. You know, my fam my dad would do anything for me. I'll do anything for my dad. My brother would do anything for me. My mum would do anything. My nan, my auntie, my uncle, my sister, my bro, everyone, brother-in-law. We've got each other's back. And you know, if I if I sneeze, right? If, I, if I'm with my dad and I sneeze, my dad would go, "You right there? You right? You, sh you right? Go and sit down. You right, mate?" Like they they worry, but with, they've they've got my back. They, they you know they've got my back. My friends, I've got you know I've got so many good friends. More than you know, I, I'm so lucky. People I can call on. I've got so many, you know, like, not even to, to name drop now, but I can't tell you what a great man Joe Calzaghi is. Joe, Joe's got my back. I've got Joe's back. Like, what a man he is. Like, I'm so lucky. Like, honestly, 
God has just blessed me with so many fantastic people. Like I am, I am truly blessed, and I and I, I'm I'm very lucky. And I don't know if anyone will watch this. I I value each and every one of their love and support. What are you most scared of as you get to? I don't know what you're 45 now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Five years younger than you. Uh, at 40 years old, what, 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 what frightens you now as you kind of, I'm not going to call you middle-aged because if you're middle-aged, that means I'm middle-aged. So just say we live to 100. So, for example, what scares you for the rest of your life today? Easy. Easy. It's, and I don't want to, I feel like I've really lowered the tone of this podcast and I apologise to listeners. But don't apologise. It's uh, death. It's not me dying. It's people around me dying. Uh, that that's the easiest question of the the thing. I'm petrified of losing my family. I love them so much. They are, you know, I. Uh, yeah, that that's the easiest question you'll ask me. Final one for you. What drives that fight within you? What is it in you as a person that drives that fight? Oh, I don't want to be this bell. Do you know what I mean? Who's no, be it? the bell. Be the bell, please. Be. I don't know. Like, but I, I've never really thought about it. But I, I guess being the best you can be. Like I said, I've got this competitive nature within me that I get from my mum and my dad. And it's about being as good as I can. And that doesn't mean being the best at boxing. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best dad. I want to be... The, I, want to be I just want to be as good as I can be. I want to fulfil my potential in... Which, may I add, still, I won't say concerns me, but I still don't know what my calling is now. I'm very happy, but I feel there's more, I've got more to give. Aside from my responsibilities as a family man, a parent, etc., what is that next thing? And I just want to, I just want to be as good as I can in whatever that my next calling is. Whatever the next thing is I've got to do, I just want to be the best. I just want to be as good as I can so I can lay down one day, thankfully have a nice blissful death at 100, and I can say, do you know what? I've done all right, didn't I? I'll take 100 now, wouldn't you? There's no chance in a million years I would live to 100. Never. Never. All right, don't need to end it on that. I, I I'd, lo to, I'd I love the thought of cannot... me... Living to 100. I know my, my great-great-grand... No, my... Hold on, let me just work this out. My, so my dad's granddad, is that my great-great-granddad, yeah. lived to 109. That's a true fact. Yeah, 109. I bet, he, I, I bet he didn't... <laughs> careful, <laughs> what you, careful what you say on this well, podcast. No, anyway. I'm not going to edit nothing. I'm not allowed yeah, all to. Right, all right. I bet he didn't drink five bottles of vodka a week and smoke <laughs> 100 Hamlets a day. The smoking, um, I've got a problem with, but uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a lemonade every now and again. All right, let's just leave it there. I have a lemonade every now and again, but no, I don't know. Actually, I'm curious to know. I speak to my dad, but it's my dad's granddad, so it'll be my great great. Yeah, 109, but anyway, it's about you. You said you don't see yourself living past 100. I won't. I won't, mate. I've uh, I've enjoyed myself. Put it that way. Okay, well, Darren, listen. I appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, well, listen, we. I've known you for so long. I've known you for like since we started doing like IFL fucking eleven years ago or whatever. But 
we've not really spoke like this on on camera. Yeah. Like obviously we but speak. Who do, like, who do you talk to us about? It, honestly, I'll walk away from it, and this has been like a therapy session. I'm not joking because I think it's sometimes important to talk like this, honestly and open. Like we all put up a front. You've said it there, and sometimes whether it's putting a camera in front of me and having you sat there asking me these questions. It, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, you put a kettle, a kettle don't let off steam, it'll blow up, won't it? So it's nice to sometimes talk like this. And I, you know, you don't get the opportunity to do it sometimes. So I'm sorry that you've had to sit down and witness this therapy <laughs> session. Or listen to it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just, because every time I do speak to you, and like I said, it's been consistent over, managed to black a job in boxing after you retired <laughs> seven years ago, whatever it was. But no, but, Everything's kind of, you, you can predict. I, I keep saying this to a few people, but you can predict what I'm going to ask you, etc. And even when you were fighting and when we were in Stuttgart and all these kind of places. But me and you don't really get the chance to no. sit and, and talk about stuff which is relevant. Like every question I ask you in boxing, this is the lead up. What we've been talking today is the lead up of why that's happening, if that makes sense. Yep. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your friendship as well, mate. You know, it's nice to see familiar faces, isn't it, in, in fight week. And, yeah, you don't expect to have these sort of conversations with the likes of you. <laughs> but I just... I'm going to take that as a, I don't know, a backhanded compliment, no, it, maybe, it, it Mr. Barker? It is a compliment. It is a compliment. You are um, the life and soul of the party. You don't expect to have deep, in-depth conversations with. I don't expect... I didn't expect to have any conversation with anyone like this in this but uh, this is sort of environment but we have um yeah it's a mad old game in it life life is a mad old game and uh i think like i said to you if you, if you want to do something and you're not hurting anyone fucking do it agreed agreed life's too short absolutely darren appreciate your time and thank you for listening Cheers. viewers listeners to the raw fight within podcast with darren barker and me and cassius thank you very much Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.